Untitled Beatles Podcast. TJ, it's Christmas Day. <laughs> Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Turns out it was a drunk cop dressed uh, up uh, like uh. a reindeer. I never learned Grandma's pin. I kind of wanted her, and that's a sin. Why are we singing about that on Christmas? Where did this come from? I'm Elmo. That's Patsy. It's a new tradition. And we are joined now by the one and only Dr. Elmo. Good morning. Good morning, guys. See, it was kind of a joke when you wrote it, right? 30 it, years ago. It was. I thought it would be funny for one year, and then that would be the end of it. Happy holidays to you, TJ. Also, Merry Christmas. I believe you do celebrate Christmas. I do. We, uh, I Long before I married a non-Jewish woman, I've loved Christmas. I am America's favorite Christmas-loving Jew. Oh, I love it. That's great. Love today. And I am a recovering Catholic who uh, whose second least favorite holiday is Christmas. So Really? It evens out. Is yeah. Easter number one for you, your least favorite holiday? Give it to him, Casey. You win. <laughs> Why do you hate Easter? Well, it would always fall sometime around my birthday. Sometimes my birthday would fall on Easter. The mass, the Catholic mass for Easter is like three hours long, and it's just pure drudgery. And you have to act it out. And my mom would always get really into it, like being like one of the evil people that was like, crucify him, crucify him. She would like get into character. I'm like, mom, what's going on, man? This is, you guys are getting kind of Pentecostal for my taste. Yeah, I, I, it's a Jew, I don't like Easter because it tends to Pentecostal too much. I only do it if I get a group on. <laughs> Yeah, I I never liked Easter. Easter to me, as someone who isn't part of the faith, because you got to have faith. Easter to me was kind of pointless. You paint an egg, you eat a peep. Christmas is a production. All the shows on Christmas, Charlie Brown, there's a great special from 78 called Christmas Eve on Sesame Street. That's my favorite Christmas special. It's a great one where Oscar tells Big Bird there's no Santa Claus, so Big Bird goes up to the chimney to see if Santa exists and almost freezes to death because he's waiting for Santa and freezing cold. What are you doing, Maria? Oscar, I hope you're satisfied. You had to start all that stuff about Santa and tiny chimneys, and you've upset Big Bird so much he's gone. Well, I didn't know he'd do anything dumb like that. I was only teasing him. So Oscar almost murders him. <laughs> wow, man, this is heavy stuff, man. Pre-Elmo, motherfuckers. Well, uh, we are going to talk about the Beatles Christmas discs a little bit later, but uh, let's get some general housekeeping out of the way, huh? Shall we? Sure. You're you're the Mrs. Garrett to my... Who the hell was the house? She wasn't a housekeeper. She owned a... She owned a shop called Edna's Edibles. Mrs. Garrett was getting yes. us baked before any motherfucker. Uh, my best sellers are my quiche. Over 50 varieties. Have you ever had a duck quiche? You're right. You're right. Thank you, Charlotte Ray. <laughs> Well, if you like what we do, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Now, if you listen on Spotify, there's a brand new podcast rating feature. Give it a test and leave us a five fab rating, those of you listening on Spotify. If you like your podcasts with extra commercials thrown in, try Spotify. Spotify Spotify.com. Your favorite music with commercials. Planned by a robot. I wonder if robot Terry Hammert worked for Spotify and would play the um, the, the new order version of I'm looking through you. <laughs> See, Spotify.com, the robot is going to help you out with that. If you want to hear any new wave versions of the Beatles mid period songs, <laughs> Spotify.com. With commercials. Now, with your favorite commercials. And of course, we'd love to hear from you. We, you know, we started doing this thing Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. Central. It's called Twitch and Shout. It's uh, If you want to see what we look like, I don't know why. I'm, I might actually start covering up my camera because what 
You don't want to look at me. We're both married ladies, and you can't see our <laughs> pants, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but we do, uh, yeah, we do a show every Tuesday. It's on the Chicago For Real channel on Twitch. That's where you can find us. Uh, there's always a link at, at our website, untitledbeatlespodcast.com slash live. And also feel free to find us on Facebook uh, and, you know, interact with us on that. My plans to quit Facebook, I shouldn't say this out loud, but I think I'm going to disappear from Facebook, like delete everything soon. Well, what I did, I deactivated so you don't lose all your pictures and stuff. But one thing to do is maybe like start go through and download all those pictures on a hard drive or something so that one day you can just leave Facebook. And download all those pictures on a hard drive. I'm Elmo. <laughs> He's Patsy. Patsy Klein. <laughs> Too soon. She gone? Plane crash, man. Was she, back then, wasn't she called Richie Valens? Real quick, before we get into it, uh, I wanted to give a, a, some shout outs, right? Let's let's shout out John T. in Tennessee. What's up, TikTok? This is John here in Columbia, Tennessee. Hope you're having a good day so far. It's Monday. But listen up, you Beatles fans. You need to check out the Untitled Beatles podcast. He gave us an endorsement. Uh, TJ, have you heard of this thing called TikTok? Uh, you don't stop. <laughs> yeah, the body rock. Clock on the wall, the beat don't stop. We're so hip. We're such hip late 40s white guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Singing obscure mid 80s uh, jelly bean era DJ music. Well, your favorite a deep house rap song was Rappin' Duke, right? Da ha, da ha, da ha, ha, ha. Yep. First record I ever bought. <laughs> so thank you, John T. Thanks, Tennessee. John. Uh, Max in Montreal. Avid listener, Max, he tagged us on Instagram. Apparently, we were his uh, most listened to podcast of the year on, on Spotify.com. Thanks, Max. Fun fact, Max is actually a singer-songwriter. You can find his music on Spotify and Bandcamp. We'll throw a link in the notes. But let's hear a little bit. You know me in my impossible dreams. Romantic way of saying I'm a fucking fool. My heart skips a beat, then I'm back to my schemes. Trying to act you casual like... Thank you, Max. So there's a commercial for Max for your Spotify feed. And bring back Yuppie. We all would be very clear. I want the Expos back. I want Yuppie back. I want to go see Cubs Expos at Olympic Stadium. It's something I always wanted to do. Then they moved to Puerto Rico, I think, the Expos. Is that what happened? To yeah, the Expos. and then they wound up in D.C. And then all, all overnight, right? They they like... <laughs> the Reby the moving the truck in the snow. <laughs> Was it the Baltimore Colts? Baltimore the, the Colts truck. did that, yeah. <laughs> Pre-internet of the next morning's news, like, and in breaking news, football team leaves Baltimore. Like, what? Overnight, yeah. By 10 o'clock this morning, most of the equipment and Colt memorabilia had been moved out of the Colt complex in Owens Mills. And the Colt employees had been told that the team was going to Indianapolis. Different times, man. Uh, And then also, yeah, we just wanted to give a shout out to Sam Wiles. He's the creator of the Paul or Nothing podcast in the U.K., He's put together some great episodes. Some of our favorites are his McCartney 321 episodes and uh, the Get Back panel. And uh, he's given us a shout out, so we're giving him a shout out. So thank you, Sam. Check it out. Paul or Nothing. Welcome to Paul or Nothing, the place to get all of your Paul all of the time. Join me, your host, Sam Wiles, as we discover the history, the music, and the man behind it all, Paul McCartney. Yeah, we, we love your podcast, Sam. I'm going to plug another podcast just because I feel like it's the right thing to do. Please. But if you haven't heard the Peter Jackson interview and something about the Beatles, and I haven't heard all of it, but uh, they talked to Robert Rodriguez, talks to Peter Jackson, and that's a that's a big get. That's, yeah. that's a big effing get. It wasn't like Forbes and stuff. So make sure you add something about the Beatles to your uh, Beatles diet. Indeed. Yeah. Those guys are the scholars. We are the class clowns, the goof offs. We appreciate you listening to us 
our our little underground indie rock unknown little diamond in the rough Beatles podcast. And we know things too, like nobody'd heard Day in the Life before the Blue Album. <laughs> yep, yep. You get all get, get your stupidest <laughs> facts here. <laughs> Well, I'm going to have a big gulp of eggnog for you, TJ. Merry Christmas. Thank you, Tony. I've got a big cup of that, too, only mine's not eggnog. I'm a <laughs> one, ew, two. <laughs> Yuck. I'm, I'm drinking a bourbon like I do every show. Oh, right on. Yeah, I have peppered mine with bourbon as well. So how about that? Here we are. Have you sergeant peppered yours? Because today we're talking <laughs> again about the goddamn movie. So no, we're not. <laughs> no. No, we're going to talk about the Beatles fan club Christmas flexi discs, or as it says here, Xmas flexis. That's the car I drive. In fact, I hope my wife <laughs> leaves an Xmas flexis wrapped up for uh, Christmas this year in our oh, driveway. Speaking of, speaking of wife, excuse yeah. me, TJ. No one eats Christmas anything until I'm done with the Beatles podcast. Fair. Okay. Thank Fair. you. Fair. Fair. Know your place. Yeah, I, I, I love the Beatles Christmas records, Tony. I want to show you off the bat. Our listeners can't see this. The first bootleg record I ever had is this collection of all the Beatles Christmas flexies on a vinyl LP. I got a Beatle Fest. It says printed in England by West Brothers. I think there's a regular LP like this, but this is a bootleg. Yeah, that's wild. It's pretty scratched up. For some reason, I have an EMI America inner sleeve. Must have stolen from my dad's Kenny Rogers collection. You can run, you can hide, but you're never inside. And something about in the dark. You can run, you can hide, never let it inside. Keep living your life in the dark. Kenny Rogers always sang like a creep. But yeah, so this is, I've got all their uh, their Christmas spots here on record. That's amazing. And FYI, Kenny Rogers' chicken was delicious. They roasted it. Yeah, and I think they call it Kenny Rogers Roasters. Check it out. Wow, Kenny Rogers Roasters finally open. Hey, look at the size of that neon chicken on the roof. Rogers can't sell chicken around here. We got chicken places on every block. He is the gambler. Yeah, that was the first meal I ever had in California. Really? Like recently Trivia. or when you were a little one? Uh, well, I was uh, 18. It was when I, I moved to California sight unseen. And uh, that's right. right after the North, the Northridge uh, earthquake and uh, had my first meal. It was Kenny Rogers Roasters. Ah, delicious. You really delicious. kicked things off because it was eight, 18 in life to go. Your crime was time. So, Tony, they also issued in 2017, have you seen this? It's going for a ton of money on the interwebs right now. Yeah. A special 45 box set. You know, I buy everything when it comes out, hoping it'll send my kid to college. That's why I've been collecting Beatles stuff forever, is that's my retirement fund. But it's all the 45s. Um, that's and awesome. What, and what's so weird, Tony, is there was no digital component. Hmm. Apple issued all the Christmas records on 45, a few were two-sided, um, like Joe Manchin. Yeah, that's right. I'm a Democrat from West Virginia. If I vote for electric cars, they're going to kill me. <laughs> but there is there is no um, there's no digital. There's no download. So I just ripped them all from 45. And uh, it's kind of fun to have. Oh, that's cool. Oh, well, thank you for sharing those. Yeah, because I do sure. not have these. The only time I ever heard the Beatles Christmas stuff was summer of 89. CKG had their Beatle weekend. <laughs> 106 WCKG, only the best classic rock and more of it. And they played the 1968 Beatles Christmas record, and I taped it off the radio. I, I missed the first part. I came in sometime when Ringo Starr came in. At the first stroke, it will be Ringo Starr. <laughs> it was like Banana Splits, uh, studio audience kids like cheer. <laughs> banana <laughs> Splits! <laughs> One banana, two banana, three banana, four. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was that like that Hanna-Barbera, like, uh, you know, what do they call that? Sweetened laughter. Right. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know what I was listening to until, you know, I heard Paul doing his song where he mentions Christmas and stuff. So early on into my Beatle fandom, I knew about these, but they were so hard to find that I never really ever heard them till recently. 
It's wild that the first and only commercial release of these, except for a couple snippets and the song Christmas Time is Here Again on the um, Free right. as a Bird CD single, was the, this 2017 45s. Otherwise, they've never been released beyond the fan club. It's crazy. Well, shall we get to each flexi disc itself? Yeah, these are amazing. I don't actually own any of the original flexies. You can find them here and there at like Reckless and obviously online and on disc hogs for, you know, <laughs> 50, 60 bucks. Um, yeah. I think there were only, a, you know, 30,000 copies made, at least of the first one. But you can't find these. These were always really hard to find because the fidelity was so low. Bootleggers have been able to release these for years in decent quality because it's not like you wonder if Peter Jackson or Giles Martin and Sam O'Kell will do a 5.1 of, of the, the Christmas <laughs> records mono it but yeah let's get into these these in many ways what i love about these tony and i've always loved about these is they kind of follow along with where the beatles were musically in those years they were released so beautifully it's a neat historical document to show what the beatles were doing and what their personalities were like both together and apart totally man yeah well, 1963, it's the Beatles' Christmas record. It was the UK only because they hadn't been to the States yet as a group. And uh, yeah, it's that, it's yellow, right? The, the cover is just like a yellow with the picture. And it says, uh, sincere good wishes for Christmas and the new year from John Paul George Ringo. That's right. With their little signatures there. And uh, it starts with that kind of, what are those, like a glockenspiel going? It's already, it's already, when they get into good King Wenceslas, they already, fuck with you, they go. Good King it's, it's such a fun move. Like, these are so funny. They're all so funny. And this first one, I think, may be the funniest. Good King Wenceslas last out on the feast of Stephen. As the slow ray round about, deep and crisp and crispy, brightly showed the boot last night on the musty cruel. Henry Hall and David Lloyd, Betty Grable too. Yeah, yeah, they're in great spirits. This is the first one. Beatlemania has only started, just started in Europe mostly the UK. So this is exciting. It was October 17th, 1963. You said Europe. I did say Europe. But I liked it. It sounded very important. Like the, <laughs> the, made the date very, it made it very NFL films. <laughs> <Especially> you know? <laughs> there'd be no NFL team without Europe. <laughs> Well, it was recorded October 17th, 1963. Uh, their press guy, Tony Barrow, both wrote it and produced it. Trivia. This was the first session that used a four-track recorder for the Beatles. And this is the same day they recorded I Want to Hold Your Hand and This Boy. So wow. Same day. Yeah. That's at the end so of the neat. session, they had some time. And I, yeah, I agree with you. I think it is like they're, they're uh, liveliest. It's their funniest. They're, they're really on. Uh, and they're already goofing on the copy. Hello, this is John speaking with his voice. Hello, this is John <laughs> speaking with his voice. We're all very happy to be able to talk to you like this on this little bit of plastic. This record reaches you at the end of a really gear year for us. And it's all due to you. Forever. I, I'm just enough of a Beatles snob where it was always code to a fellow Beatles fan if they the recognized... Meantime, Gaddy Crimble to you, Gaddy Mimble to you, Gaddy Baby, Baby dear Christmas, Christmas, happy birthday, happy me, birthday too. me too. You've heard that one. It's, it's always, always fun when somebody would recognize that. Yeah, there you go. That's like your tell for like a, a, a deep Beatle nerd. That, and if you've ever heard the song Rain. <laughs> or are familiar with Birth of the Beatles house band Rain that did all the music for the movie. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Credited. <laughs> Credited in the movie. <laughs> Pretty early on, they get a heavy credit. Yeah, it's a, read by like the ABC voice. Like, yeah. During this evening's movie. Well, let's just play it right now. The music song during this period by the Beatles was recorded for this dramatization by the group Rain. Let's rock and roll!
Yeah, one thing I found really cool about this one is that Paul reveals that they're off jelly babies, which sounds like they had like a problem. (laughs) (laughs) He says that we've gone right off jelly babies. He says it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Somebody asked us if we still like jelly babies. Well, we used to like them. In fact, we loved them. And we said to him on the papers, you see, ever since then, been getting them in boxes, packets and crates. Anyway, we've gone right off jelly babies, you see. But we still like peppermint creams and chocolate drops and Donnie Mitchells and all those sort of things, don't yes, we? Yes, yes, oh yes. But now they're into peppermint creams, chocolate drops and Dolly mixes, which is that British confection of just like multicolored little like squares of cubes of candies. Funny, I thought a Dolly mix was when Dolly sang with Kenny Rogers. Baby, <laughs> with peace oh, what a predatory home. voice. Oh, so, that, so weird. Gotta eat that chicken, though. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, happy Crimble. Yeah, this one's fun. We also get to hear George say good old Frida. I'm George Harrison. Nobody else has said anything yet about our fan club secretaries and Collingham and Betty, you know, Rose. Not to mention Frida Kelly in Liverpool. Good old yeah, that's what would then give uh, the movie about Frida Kelly that title. But that's and they all call and respond. I love when they say it. The organic good old Frida. It's such yeah. a beautiful moment. Yeah, it's it's real fun. This is a fun one. It's a good way to start it off. The energy's so great. They do the Rudolph the Red Nose Ringo bit. Rudolph the Red Nose Ringo had a very shiny nose when everybody told him. Oh, Ricky the Red Nose Ringo had a very shiny nose. Merry Christmas, everybody. Which came first, do you think? Them saying that or because they had like novelty records out? They had to have done it first because all the novelty stuff probably would have been 64, don't you yeah, think? Yeah, post. I don't think there was a lot of British Beatlemania novelty stuff. British yeah. Beatlemania. I'm quoting We Didn't Start the Fire Again. That shouldn't happen. <laughs> George comes off the funniest in this right after Ringo's bit. George says, thank you, Ringo. We'll phone you. And his delivery of that line is so <laughs> funny. Hey, thank you, Ringo. Thank you, Ringo. We'll phone you. This is like a goons record, right? This shows totally. all their early influences. They are fucking yeah. around and loving each other and having fun. George sings when a pork pie came inside gathering. With, I mean, just the way he sings that. Um, John starts cracking. I think John, it's suddenly singing Ricky, the red nose Ringo. John just having so much fun in this. <laughs> I love it. And they all end going Merry Christmas. And then it cuts off almost before they're done speaking. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Flexi disc. Did you ever have flexi discs when you were a kid? Like sometimes they would come with uh, like breakfast cereals or whatever. Nah, Haas, I'd flex for chicks. Yeah, I did. I got one from Quaker Oats that had a snippet of Imagine on it. In oh, real time. That was pretty exciting. It had that like is a, exciting. the Imagine Strawberry Fields mural on it. Pretty sure the song Imagine was under a snippet of it. It was like Quaker Oats, Great Moments in Rock, John Lennon, Midge Er. Like, why, what are you doing? <laughs> Quaker Granola Dips presents Great Moments in Rock and Roll. Stay tuned and find out if you are an instant winner. The ball. Born to a working-class Liverpool family on October 9, 1940, John Lennon was destined to change his world through peace, love, and music. Remember when McDonald's had that like contest with the flexi discs? They put it in the Sunday papers, and it was like, oh, if you make it through, you win a million dollars. Big McFillet, Fisher Quarter Pounder, French yeah. fries. As you go, I did have one of those. Yes, yes, Tony. I've yeah. not thought of that since '86 or whatever. Yes, Tony. Chicken salad, Oriental, big breakfast, egg McMuffin, hot hot cakes and sausage, maybe biscuits, bacon, egg and cheese, or sausage, Danish hash browns. Yeah, man. Yeah, they were fun. Yeah, they're basically they're the flimsiest piece. If you're not familiar. Uh, they're the flimsiest little pieces of plastic. It's like the thinnest plastic you can find. It's almost like a gel for a, a light, you know, but it has like little grooves on it and you can put it on your record player and it, and it plays, you know, I think sometimes you'd have to weigh it down, you yeah, know, you'd be like, please put multiple half dollars on this record. <laughs> yeah. Half dollars. Hey, pennies. <laughs> hey, pennies. <laughs> Well, the 64 record was uh, cleverly titled Another Beatles Christmas Record, also written by Tony Barrow. This one was recorded October 26, 1964. It was recorded on a rest day from their touring schedule, and it was the same day they recorded Honey, Don't and What You're Doing for Beatles for Sale. 
and I love what you're doing. One of my favorite of the uh, early uh, Beatles songs. The foot stomping at the beginning makes me think they're paying homage to the Dave Clark Five. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's pictures from this day, and they're they're uh, at whatever i think it's studio two yeah they're in studio two actually paul announces such we're in number two studio at the moment at emi taping this little message for you yeah the pictures from that day they've got their suitcases and all that stuff they're just surrounded by luggage like they haven't even gone home yet yeah <laughs> they're back in the studio do your <laughs> we need two more songs for the record and oh yeah get that holiday for the fans out there and you're going to Paris on Tuesday, and you're going to, to Sweden on Thursday. I mean, just crazy, right. insane. And you got to record an album next week. Right. Well, George is already talking about the next film they're going to make. So this is the, you know, and it's going to how it's going to be in color. This one's going to be in color. <laughs> I'd like to thank all of you for going to see the film. Spect a lot of you saw it more than once. I did. Did you? So did I. Thanks anyway, because it makes us very pleased, you know. We had a quiet time making it. <laughs> Actually, we didn't. We had a great time making it, and we're glad it turned out okay. The next one should be completely different. We start shooting it in February. This time, it's going to be in colour. It'll be a big laugh, we hope. Well, we hope. <laughs> <laughs> big laugh. <laughs> yeah, Bean it'll be a big laugh. You were making? It's so funny. I love that in anthology when he's like, oh, color, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a great moment, too. Uh, I think even before that, John refers to Beetle Peedles. It's been a busy year, Beetle Peedles. I think yeah. Peedles is, is it, it's a German for Yadong. Peedles means, Peedles oh, is a dirty word. Right, right. I mean, you are the German expert on the show. We just learned. Last week. I'm also the dong expert. <laughs> ding dong, ding dong. Finally, on Christmas Day, we get our. It is a. It's a Christmas a miracle, miracle, TJ. <laughs> <laughs> we were able to reference ding dong. We're gonna call back old bits. It's a Christmas vehicle. <laughs> this whole, forgot. Yeah, we stopped saying that word. <laughs> For fear of the Ides of March. Great God of Um Yeah, and, and John just gets funnier and funnier. And even the way he says, and a merry goo year, crimble maybe. And a merry goo year. Crimble, maybe. Has always made me laugh. Like, so I should say, I put this on cassette from the vinyl, and I would bring this. I brought this to camp one year, and really? it was funny listening to Christmas stuff. This was like a <laughs> this was a tape I'd listen to over and over again. And I got to be honest, I probably should have led with this at the beginning. As much as I am all Beatles eras on this Christmas album as a kid, because I probably got this when I was just barely double digits. I loved the early year stuff more than the avant-garde 68 and 69 as a kid were unlistenable. I know we'll get to those, but that makes the sense. first three or four are like embed. They're almost like Eddie Murphy's uh, Delirious or the, the comedian album where like I would memorize this stuff like jokes. I loved right. hearing because they're <laughs> funny. The Beatles, all four are so funny. They're funny. And also like they're out there like this stuff. It's not it's really original and strange like and that's yes. what we love about this band is that they're original like that's the whole bit if i were to pick one word for this band i suppose it would be original yeah it's john doing his in his own right stuff which is also jabberwocky it's lewis carroll it's taking those in and the goons and it's it's yeah it's funny yeah i was just i i actually this holiday i am reading the uh lewis and book tune in you know getting into the early yeah. years and stuff and uh it is long, but I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm learning all sorts of new great things. I'm loving it. Um, why did I bring this up? I brought this up because of the We Jabberwocky. get it. Can you read? Oh, Tony, I read. <laughs> you know I'm trying. Some of us lead life with instinct. That's like Ringo. Ringo had a hard time with reading because he had his, his appendix burst and he was in the hospital for like two years or whatever. In he the left dingle. school at age eight. You can't talk about Ringo's childhood without saying the word dingle. Ding <laughs> dong, ding dong. It it's another together. Christmas miracle. <laughs> we are hashtag too blessed to be stressed, Tony. Yeah. 
that book just made mention of how John uh, read Lewis Carroll and was an avid reader because of Aunt Mimi. And yeah, yeah, he was just very quick. He was a quick kid, man. Uh, and John loved Lewis Carroll and Paul loved Lewis and Clark. All of Paul's songs about, you know, Rocky Raccoon, you know, and the <laughs> sure. various yeah. Western expeditions. <laughs> yeah. Well, as you know, Lewis and Clark did travel with that pink litmus paper shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That magically unreleased Beatles song we've never heard yet. <laughs> It'll be in the home version of Peter Jackson's Get Back. Now with 28 extra hours. Give it to me. I want it. <laughs> now, do you think the Beatles sound a little more tired in 64 than they did in 63? No question. And in fact, while trying to decipher Tony Barrow's handwriting, George right. says, we had a quiet time making it. We had it. a quiet time making it. And then he corrects himself. <laughs> Actually, we didn't. We had a great time making it. Right. Yeah, they're totally wiped out. And with each year, they sound more wiped out. Now, their music didn't sound more wiped out. Their music kept getting more and more brilliant. But you could argue Beatles music post-64 began to get stonier and a little slower and less teeny bop rocky. And that's kind of, by the way... Sylvester Stallone is Teeny Bop Rocky in the seventh version. They're doing the prequel. Well, you would call that Rocky V.I.I. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I sure would. Hey, quick question for you, though. Please don't look it up. What's Beatles 65 in Roman numerals, Tony? Okay. It, well, that would be uh, Beatles LX... V. <laughs> I have no idea if you're right or not. I am right. I'm right. I, I'm sure I just heard a ding in my God, oh, I want to buzz. I want, I want to be there when Casey's editing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this actually, the 64 Christmas record was the first one that the U.S. fans received. Uh, yeah. But they received theirs in a 1963 sleeve. <laughs> oh, I never knew that. Wow. Because, yeah, because if it said another Beatles record, they'd be like, hey, where's the other one? <laughs> exactly. All you had to do is now on Capitol. These weren't on Capitol. These were the fan club. I yeah, they were. Press them. Um, no, it's all out there. It's uh, let me I'll look it up real quick. I do. I do have this. Um, Christmas record label. Yeah, because I was actually just on Discogs looking these up. Ah, yes, I found it. Lintone was the label, the little the little label known as Lintone. Okay, I, I would not have guessed that, so I'm, I'm, thanks for that information. Thanks a lot! One of the bootleg CDs I have of this, Tony, has outtakes in the session where yes. they're doing Hello, Dolly on a uh, kazoo. Kazoo and piano, right? Yeah, yeah. It sounds like Paul playing piano. Yeah, it does. And it, it never quite takes off, but it's interesting. I love, I'd never heard, so can you wash your father's shirt before this? And they're doing it as, they're, as right. they're screaming the word Christmas and the footsteps come back. Can you wash your father's shirt? Can you wash it clean? Can you wash your father's shirt? Can you wash it clean? Christmas! Happy Christmas! Happy Christmas! It's a comedy record. Hey, Universal, yeah. Calderstone, Apple, release this properly so the masses can hear it, especially after Get Back, which had many dour moments. This is the reminder of how funny they were. We saw it in a hard day's night. We saw it a little less so in help. But when they're unscripted, when they're scripted, when the tape's rolling and they're talking, they're funny. They're as funny as any comedian of that era. Yeah. Yeah. And arguably they're funnier when they're just riffing and improvising. And that becomes apparent in 65 when the writers become not just Tony Barrow, but Tony Barrow and the Beatles. And the Beatles start kind of taking over this fan club thing. I, you know, this is 65 by now. This is uh, called the Beatles' third Christmas record. Yet again, another <laughs> imaginative title. That's right. It's <laughs> almost like calling it Abracadabra, but not. <laughs> very good. Very good. That was supposed to be Revolver, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then fucking Steve Miller ganks it. You do have perfect pitch. <laughs> when, I, Tony, when Casey said that, I'm like, yeah, I think your hearing's off. No, your, your pitch is insane, dude, so own that. Back off my pitch, son. <laughs> 
Christmas, Tony. Can we get along for a change? All right, let's. All right, let's call it Christmas truce and let's plow. Hold through. on a sec. Hey, five-year-old, Santa comes when the podcast is done. You're half Jewish. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, go on, Beatles. Okay, blah no. blah blah. Just talk. <laughs> I want to be that guy so bad. I may be that guy deep down because I like doing the bit so much. Yeah. Be careful. Sometimes the bit, you know, if you're, some, if you're doing a bit and someone slaps your back, you're stuck being that person. <laughs> That's right. That's the rule. <laughs> well, this 1965 record was recorded the same day as Think for Yourself. And this is actually the second attempt at a Christmas fan club record. Their first attempt was in October at the Marquee Studio which was affiliated with the Marquee Club. That's where like the Who were doing their uh, Maximum R&B thing that year. And uh, George was not in attendance for that one. And the Beatles, I guess, were just not into the script. So cut to, uh, I'm pretty sure it's Abbey Road again, on November 8th of 65. It's the same day that they were rehearsing all those um, harmonies for Think for Yourself, where George Martin let the tape roll, and it was later used in Yellow Submarine. So yes, it's that same day. Yeah, and it opens with yesterday. All my trouble seems so far away. Now it looks as though we're here to stay. I believe in yesterday. In such a funny kind of barbershop, totally off key. All four are in different keys. Yeah. <laughs> They're all singing in different. I mean, it's so. And they keep coming back to yesterday in this, which which, which is great, too. Before we get into that, I did want to ask you, Tony, because I've read about the aborted session as well. Yeah. Where it, does that exist? I've never heard it. I've, I've read about it. it a few times. Is that on tape anywhere? I have not heard it. I would imagine it's got to be on tape. And whoever was in charge of the tapes at the Marquee Studio, someone has that somewhere. I don't think they were in the, the habit of burning things, you know, yet or something. <laughs> well, right, because it wasn't 66. Right, that Memphis DJ did. <laughs> we urge you to take your Beatle records, pictures, and souvenirs to the pickup points about to be named. And on the night of the Beatles' appearance in Memphis, August 19th, they will be destroyed in a huge public bonfire at a place to be named soon. Bring all your Beatles records and your white <laughs> friends down to the you idiot. Stomp on those records. Buy them next year. <laughs> I think Paul said that in anthology. Was that Paul said that in anthology? They just buy them again, or who? Somebody said that? did. I forget who did. It might have been Ringo. I forget who. <laughs> it might have been Ringo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, this one is a kind of a meandering interview style record is what it sounds like to me. I like that they go into uh, same old song by the Four Tops for a snippet. Copyright! <laughs> George, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. Last year, he was here. We was here. Around the same old mic. Down in the studio. Same old guitar, same old faces. <laughs> it's the same old song. But a different meaning in copyright, Johnny. Copyright, can't say that. And what's funny is they say, gather the lilacs in an old brown shoe. How about we'll gather the lilacs in an old brown shoe? Yeah, we'll gather the lilacs in an old brown shoe, John's voice. John is the most exhausted and the most indelible in this recording. This is just such a funny, the whole like... Yeah, when they're doing ah, Vietnam and the down down and the river, brought me home. China down in Vietnam and China and Stu and look at all those bodies. Jordan floating in the river. Jordan. All that stuff, that kind of mocking the Vietnam protest song. It, no, let me rephrase it. I don't. Th I don't think they're mocking it, but they're Eve aping. of destruction, right? Yeah. The Barry Miles? No, he wrote the Paul book. Who'd sing Eve of Destruction? Not I Barry forget. Miles. It was a one-hit wonder dude. Barry McGuire is the name you are looking for. And even the Jordan River has bodies floating, but you tell me over and over and over again, my friend. I you don't believe we're on the eve of destruction. So I really I like this one. John just 
Happy Christmas to your listeners and the fun of Haribo. And he's just doing all that stuff. Happy Christmas to your listeners. We're in a crenadoo. We belong to everybody. Don't you nick your new. Paul talks like in a scouse voice. Well, thank you, Johnny. It's been a nice to know you. Ringo, when they sing the River Jordan thing, says quietly, well, that should cover Israel. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. All right. Well, that looks as though it's about it for this well, year. that should cover Israel. I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah, that was of its time, we now say, TJ, right? Cancel Ringo, he's an anti-Semite. <laughs> he was just a shit kicker from the dingle, the wearing dingle. his blue jeans. He always said that people thought he was Jewish because of the size of his nose. That's, right. that's a real thing he would say. Yeah, that happened to me at a bus stop in the desert one time. Like uh, these like idiot teen punks asked if I was Jewish and uh, I made fun of their uh, Southern California accents and they, <laughs> they didn't care for that. And they threatened to uh, throw me in front of the bus when it came. Uh, but they, they accused me of being a Jew. I was like, okay. Cause I, my nose is prominent. Yeah. And that story inspired that great Holly song. <laughs> Which one is that? DJ? Busta. <laughs> I do love that song. It is a great song. I, I, I love that you defended my people. Thank you for doing that. Thank you. Me. I yeah. respect that. Yeah, man. When human respect is disintegrating, this whole crazy world is just too frustrating. It should be noted that the U.S. fans did not receive the Beatles' third Christmas record. It was too late. Uh, they did get a lovely black and white postcard, though. Wow. I love that you have all the information on this. I've got some information, yeah. You you do the homework. I just listen and report what my gut's telling me. That's how we work, man. That's how we work. Yes, we're the Beatle clowns. Um, <laughs> but it is interesting. I didn't want to lose track of the whole kind of singing about Vietnam because Brian Epstein was fighting that forever. John, especially, they all wanted to talk about the war. Brian Epstein yeah. said, no, 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 you, you not in the press conferences on tour, can't do it. It wasn't yeah. until that last tour it really kind of finally changed. But it's jarring to hear them singing that on record. It's a little bit like a sanitized version of Don't Dig No, no Pakistanis. They're doing a satirical political yeah. commentary. So having just really heard that, that in mass in the Get Back movie, it's interesting hearing this with that framework. Yeah, it makes you wonder how it got past Brian Epstein, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, in 66, again, this is a UK only Christmas disc, so the American fans didn't really get too many of these. And maybe that's why it's hard for us to find them in record stores and things like that. But uh, this one has a different title. It's called Pantomime, Everywhere It's Christmas. Cool thing about this, it was recorded November 25th, 1966. So this is while they're recording Strawberry Fields, man. Yeah. So Take One was recorded on November 24th, the previous day. Next day they come and visit here. And then uh, on the 28th, they resumed work on Strawberry Fields. But so this is a snippet of that moment of like what else was going on while they were making arguably one of their most colorful songs. And arguably their most creative year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although you might say 68 too. You might say 68. But you yeah, say yeah. 65 too. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's the thing about the Beatles. Every year uh, from or 64, goddamn it. 62 is their most creative year. The only year, God, I hate 67. Down with pepper. Down with. <laughs> yeah. Keep salt, though. <laughs> Poor Spinderella. She never gets enough. Uh... Well, they got to hit her up one more time. Spinderella <laughs> cut it up one time. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, this is where little kid me started to think this was a little weird but in my older years like post-adolescence i began to get this pantomime is a big kind of uh british cultural thing for these shows and in fact a little bit of trivia for our musical theater fans who listen in the spirit of pantomime they would take middling broadway shows and add songs and add sketches to them that weren't on Broadway just to kind of play to the pantomime spirit for British audiences. It was such a massive thing right around that time. 
So if you saw like Oliver or something, it would it would look different in Britain because they'd make a pantomime out of it and add things to the show that weren't in any other production of it. So that's cool. yeah. And this kind of plays to that. It feels you can I mean, way more the following year, but you can feel the beginning of what Magical Mystery Tour was in oh, yeah. some of this. I have that same that note down. Yeah. yeah, I says has a magical mystery tour feel. Yeah. Well, I like the opening number everywhere. It's Christmas. That's a lot of fun. It's like a, it's like a, give me a C, uh, a bouncy C. He's <laughs> it in. Irving um, Cohen. It's, I think it's in G. Everywhere it's Christmas. <laughs> everywhere it's fun. It's such a great one. Everywhere it's Christmas. Everywhere it's fun. It's a great little Paul tune. And then it goes into that really pretty, that Corsican choir, and they're doing that Ornuania. Yeah. Which is just gorgeous. And there's yodeling, the two elderly Scotchmen munching on a rare cheese. Meanwhile, high in the Swiss Alps, two elderly Scotchmen munch on a rare cheese. Mm, wonderful stuff, this Agnes. Aye, it's wonderful stuff. The whole Jasper and Pudgy thing with matches, cats. Now that you haven't seen him ahead forever, matches, candles, matches. <laughs> Candles. You're referring to Podgy the Bear. Yeah, Podgy the Bear. <laughs> Podgy the Bear and Jasper were huddled around the unlit fire in the center of the room. There are no more matches left, Podgy, said Jasper. Then buy some, Jasper, old friend, said Podgy. Make a list, and afterwards we'll go to the shop and buy matches and candles and buns. There's no more paper to write on, Podgy. No need to worry, Jasper. You keep saying to yourself matches, and I'll keep saying candles until we reach the shop. Then we won't need to write it down. We'll remember. We'll remember the buns, Podgy. We both will, Jasper. Matches. Candles. Matches. Candles. Matches. Candles. Matches. Candles. Yeah, and then there's another, I'm going to call it a skit, because <laughs> they're not improvisers. You don't call your country the C-word, you don't call a sketch a skit. <laughs> they have another bit, uh, it's called Felpin Mansions. In the long dark corridors of Felpin Mansions, a door slams. Yeah, it gets, yep. it gets real goony, it gets real like pre-Monty Python, Monty Python. Please don't bring your banjo back is another tune they knock out. Please don't bring your banjo back. I know where it's been. I wasn't hardly gonna day when it became the scene. Banjos, banjos all the time. I can't forget that tune. And if I ever see another banjo, I'm going out to buy a big balloon. And if I ever see another banjo, I'm going out to buy a big balloon. Yeah, it's kind of all over the place. And uh, yeah, it's squirrelier. It's a little looser. And uh, Paul actually did the cover art on this one. Yeah, which is really pretty and very kind of pre-psychedelic. Yeah. And it, you mentioned, please bring your banjo back. This little record, what is it, six minutes long or so, has six three new Beatles songs. Seconds. How long? Six minutes, 36 seconds. 636. All right. <laughs> I was close by 36 seconds. All right. Name five other songs that go 636. Uh, everything on a Yes album. Uh, Queensryche, uh, <laughs> Silent Lucidity. <laughs> my, my favorite Queensryche record is Queensryche, King's Wrong. <laughs> that, needs a, that needs a boo. Um <laughs> Yeah, there's three new Beatles songs on this. So in addition to everything else in 1966, you have Everywhere It's Christmas, you have Arnuania, and you have Please Bring Your Banjo Back. It's it's how fun to have, like, if the songs in the Get Back movie get licensing credits, these songs should too. 
Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. And this one was not recorded at Abbey Road. It was recorded at Dick James Music Basement on, uh, again, November 25th. Uh, George Martin did produce it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Paul playing Please Don't Bring Your Banjo Back. Perhaps Beatles scholars have said this before me, but I kept thinking, like, I wonder if that's where Ringo got Don't Pass Me By from, the idea for that. Don't Pass Me By feels in tone and that kind of progression a lot like uh, the banjo tune. Please don't bring your banjo back. I wasn't Possibly. Because I heard he had that song kicking around as early as 64, so maybe it brought it back into his consciousness or something. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, man. Maybe. That's good. Maybe. <laughs> or maybe at least that piano arrangement of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, George Martin produced the following year as well, 1967, Christmas Time is Here Again. This one not only features the Beatles, but also vocals from George Martin and actor Victor Spinetti, who he's in Magical Mystery, right? And Hard Day's Night. Right. And I think he's in help. I think he's in all three. Yes. Yeah. He's dudes everywhere, man. He was a busy cat. Uh, he might also be in the video for London Town playing the actor. Hmm. I don't know. That's it's quite possible. Oh, and of course, he's in How I Won the War. Yes. There you go. I mean, wow. I didn't realize how much they worked with that guy. Yeah. The fifth Beatle. <laughs> Victor Spinelli. The fifth Beatle. And they came backstage and George said, you got to be in our film. And he said, in fact, you've got to be in all our films. And I said, why is that? He said, well, if you're not in them, me mum won't come and see him because she fancies you. Yeah, this year, it's like a conceptual thing in 1967. It's like a game show format. And it's like a bunch of groups that are auditioning for this kind of BBC radio show is the idea. An audition will be held at 10 a.m. Wednesday, the first in the fluffy rehearsal rooms. Bring your own. Yeah, this one, uh, it has more of a plot than Magical Mystery Tour does, <laughs> but it's got the same kind of, the, yeah. now they're in full force here, that zany spirit. Christmas Time is Here Again is the only thing that was released officially by the Beatles on the Free as a Bird CD single. There's like snippets uh, in, I think the, uh, which which one was it? Was it 65? 66 they used, the, the, the vocals that they throw in overward, the dialogue. What year was, this is Johnny Rhythm saying goodnight. Was that 65 or 66? I had heard that that was from 66. Okay. Correction. It was 1965. This is Johnny Rhythm just saying goodnight to you all and God bless you. So then, yeah, that snippet was used before too, but in terms of a full-ish piece, it's incredible. This song has only been a B-side. Christmas time is here again. You'd think it would get in an in a age where everyone loves nostalgic Christmas songs. Why not try to make this one a classic? Yeah. Or or is the fact that it has O-U-T spells out <laughs> the Beatles being like, this might not be the first version I actually ever heard of this song was like the full six minute version. It was on one of those bootlegs that I got back at, um, you know, at Wax Tracks when I was a teenager. And I wish they would release that. I mean, it is repetitive, but there's something about it. There's something about this song I quite like. It might, it's definitely, as someone who doesn't like Christmas music, I like this Christmas song. Into Banzi remix, page 444. It is better than Wonderful Christmas Time. It is not as good as Happy Xmas. So this is Christmas. But it's a it's great. It's better than Ding Dong Ding Dong. Yeah, I think. Ring you're out right. the old, ring in the new is said a hundred times. <laughs> well, Christmas time is here again. Is said two hundred times. In this <laughs> <laughs> it's fair, but at least we get a spelling lesson. <laughs> this is Christmas time is here again. Is the original electric company. <laughs> One of my favorite bits in it is uh, when John is like, what prize have you got your eyes on, George? I have. 
And then the applause. Uh-huh. And then George went to trip for five to Denver. A trip for five to Denver. Well, what prize have you got your eyes on? I have. Ooh. Well, you've just won a trip to Denver and five others. Oh, thank you. I love when they, is it get Wanderlust for your trousers? Get Wanderlust for your trousers. Get Wanderlust for your is That makes me laugh so much. That feels like a prime SCTV Jerry Todd show bit. Get Wanderlust for your trousers. Get Wanderlust for your it's so funny. Yeah, this one this one's pretty fun. Yeah. They uh the Ravelers do plenty of jam jars as a bit. I mean, it's all it's this so like funny. goofy stuff. In the recent heavy fighting near Blackpool, Mrs. G. Evans of Solihull was gradually injured. She wants for all the people in hospital plenty of jam jars by the Ravelers. And here it is. Plenty of jam Beatle tradition continues. John has that poem when Christmas time is over as the uh, organ underneath plays Auld Lang Syne. When Christmas time is over and your bonny play is through it'll be bristling to you people. All the best from me to you. Which also ends the Christmas time is here again version. That's the B side to free as a bird, which right. was nice that they ended it with that as well. Uh, yeah. The other thing too, uh, that John says is, well, you've won a prize. Get off the show. George Martin speaks in it. As you said, uh, they'd like to thank you for a wonderful year. We'd like to thank you for a wonderful year. Thank you for a wonderful year. This is a great one. I I do love this one. Now, the next one is actually my favorite. It's the 1968 Christmas record, and it's out there, man. It's out there. It's, I think, their longest one, clocking in at seven minutes and 48 seconds. Uh, It's the first one that they didn't do all together. Everyone did their separate thing. That speaks to 68. It speaks to the White Album. They kind of threw it all together, and uh, Kenny Everett, who was a disc jockey, produced it put it together but yeah like i said earlier in the show this is my first exposure to these uh on the radio in like august of 1989 or something and i was like what is this this is weird man i love it with helter skelter on 45 <laughs> 45 And then Paul doing that song, Happy Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Easter, Happy Middlemas. Happy Middlemas. Happy New Year, Happy Christmas, Happy Easter, Happy Autumn, Happy Middlemas, everybody. Happy Christmas, everybody to you. Those chords to me sound a little like I've got a feeling. Did you listen to that a couple times? He's kind of doing that. Yeah, you're right. That same little chord or switch there. like Mother Nature's Son, too, right? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, that's what I... I would, it sounded just like straight out of the White Album to me. I, that's why I always liked that. Or a little... I mean, not in 3-4, but it's got kind of a Mull of Kintyre chord progression, too. Oh, yes. Mull of Kintyre. Why wasn't that a hit in the States? Exactly. I <laughs> don't know. It's so catchy. <laughs> Well, trivia, neither was girls' school. Remember, Capital was like, well, this didn't work. Let's try girls' school. And that didn't do it. Don't forget a song with hip, hip, hooray. Hip, hip, hooray. Three cheers for the girls. Hip, hip. Hip, hip. Hip, hip. I love this, too. Uh, this got, you know, John was beginning to make his declaration with Yoko as we knew at the time, but... The Jock and Yono poem. Yeah. Uh, he refers to some of his beast friends. Is he talking about the Beatles? Yeah, maybe. In his like Lewis Carroll way, maybe. Yeah. And it, it, it's either wordplay or a slight dig or maybe a little bit of both. Once upon a time, there were two balloons called Jock and Yono. They were strictly in love, bound to happen in a million years. They were together, man. Unfortunate timetable, they seem to have previous experience, which kept calling them one way or another. You know how it is. But they battled on against overwhelming oddities, including some of their beast friends. We get to hear Mel Evans. Mel Evans yeah, gets Yeah, we get in to there. hear Mel Evans. And over here I have Mr. Malcolm Evans, who's 
through thick and thin, would surely like to say a word of greeting at this festive occasion. Merry Christmas, children, everywhere. I love that uh, conversation Ringo has with himself. Uh, it's so bizarre. On the and phone? Out there. Yeah. It's it's my favorite part of the whole thing. Private I've line. Never, when he goes private line, I've been on this line for two years. At the first stroke, it will be Ringo Starr. Thank you. Good evening. Hello, me dear. I didn't know you were coming. I'm not surprised. Well, I am. Certainly am. I would have thought so myself. Well, if you ask me, I think it's insane. And he's almost like channeling John to me. I think when I first heard that, I thought it was John. So, you know, like, yeah, that's fun. And I love Tiny Tim doing oh, Nowhere yeah. Man. <laughs> Wild. Here's a song I did in 1966 in front of Miss Jill for the first time. And I did this in Albert Hall, and what a thrill it was uh, to do this then and now. Exactly, I did it then. Here's a real nowhere man living in his nowhere love, making It ends the most like a real Beatles song of that era because right after all that Tiny Tim stuff, you hear a brass ending that's kind of distant and quiet and chilling. And then out of nowhere, the kick drum to Happiness is a Warm Gun to the oh, ending of yeah. that tune. Doodaloo. Yeah, which is so great sampled from it. Yeah. It's, 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 it ends perfect. I get chills when I hear it. Did not love this as a kid. Really, I didn't understand it. Sure. But the as more kid, you get yeah. inside the band, I mean, this is brilliant stuff. I, I mean it. It is up there with any... George Martin produced this too, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, no, no. It was Kenny Everett. Kenny, Kenny Everett. Everett did, right. They had yeah. Kenny Everett, and he did 69 as well. That's right. Yeah, and the cover art was done by Julian and John, and it says Ringo as well here, according to Disc Hogs. Disc Hogs? <laughs> Michael, Michael Lindsay, Lindsay Boss Hogs? Disc Boss Hogs. <laughs> but yeah, that, this one's my favorite. It's the nuttiest one. It's so, it's so out there. Uh, and then there's the last one, and they got back. They, they didn't give it a fun title. They just called it The Beatles' Seventh Christmas Record. Again, recorded separately. The design was done by Ringo and Zach. It looks like a photograph, like a blurry. I'm not sure what that photograph is, but it's like a candle or something. It's uh, the Julian Lennon's photograph, Smile. His <laughs> underrated offering from, from 98. <laughs> There's a light on that covers the blue. They're already broken up when this is being recorded. I mean, they're they're already essentially, yeah, yeah. They're they're basically done. It was recorded November and December of '69, I believe. Sometime sometime around September is when John kind of said privately, "Let's get a divorce." Yeah, John and Yoko are at Tittenhurst. It's a very personal <laughs> exchange between those two. Taking a walk, you listen to Yoko giggle. They're talking about eating cornflakes. Well, Yoko, uh, it is Christmas, and uh, my special thoughts, of course, tend towards. Uh, Eating. <laughs> All right, so eating. Well, what do you like to eat? Well, I'd like some cornflakes uh, prepared by uh, Parisian hands. That's just like a little diary uh, sample. I like Paul's guitar song, This is to Wish You a Merry Merry Christmas. I liked that. This is to wish you a Merry what i wrote down it could have gone after junk on mccartney you know it's got a very like it's got a very first solo mccartney album feel to it they probably should have <laughs> swap out kareen acrore yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> and then ringo uses this opportunity to plug the magic christian so good on him 
Gotta that's work. With that fun tape effect that they do, with that yeah. old school kind of speeding it up and slowing it down, it's very funny. Yeah. Merry Christmas, 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 Merry but it does kind of feel like, oh, yeah, I guess they just had to do this because no one knows we're broken up yet. Well, it was obligatory. It was to save face. And they had it's funny that the end is playing underneath, I think, the second yeah. John and Yoko segment, which is also kind of telling. Right. So how do you like the garden here? I think it's simply splendid. Uh, I'm overwhelmed by its sanctuary. In the third John and Yoko bit where they're talking about the peaceful 70s ahead. It's hard to hear that and not cringe a little bit when you think about what happened at the dawn of the 80s. Yeah. In, in December of 1980. It's, yeah, the, yeah. the peaceful 70s followed by the way his life came to an end kind of haunts. All that stuff that, that kind of foreshadows John's death haunt me a little bit. I was wondering, Mrs. Lennon, how you saw your place in the 70s. I think it'll be a, a quiet, peaceful 70s, hopefully. You think there's going to be peace, do you? Yes. And freedom. And the other thing, I'm cool with John and Yoko. Get back, re-cemented Yoko's value and presence. But the whole fucking, I'd like a big Teddy. Oh, thank you, mommy. It's like this is why I don't listen to the wedding album. This is like I have it. Don't want to hear it. I'd like a big Teddy. I get you a big, big Teddy then. Oh, thank you, mommy. And then thankfully, yeah, it, instead of it being a whole album, it's just like whatever it is, what, two minutes most, maybe yeah. 90 seconds. Yeah. Be a good boy, John. Oh, yes, mommy, I will. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, uh, come on. Yeah. I get it. I respect it. I don't need to hear it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Well, I enjoyed spending Christmas Day with you here. Uh, excuse me one second. I don't care how long it's been. We're about to wrap it up, all right? But nobody's touching any food. No. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. Uh, but I just wanted to wish you, TJ, a Merry Christmas. All our listeners, uh, have a splendid Christmas. Uh, this is Untitled Beetle, Tony, wishing you and yours a happy holiday and a Merry New Year. Interesting. I don't get the same respect on Hanukkah. Can we take a minute? To, hold on a second. Yeah. Oh, I need to try that. My son's really home, so I just had to watch what I said. I was about to, I was about to yell and do another bit about Santa, but he's home now. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> take your time. A, a merry Christmas, a, a happy holiday, and a merry new year. Uh, yeah, and if you'll excuse me, I gotta go. I think my wife's checking out Santa's ding dong ding dong. <laughs> Untitled Beatles podcast. Like and subscribe. Uh, should I wait for the siren? Gonna, I can't hear anything. Okay, okay. I'm going to keep going. Although if you can, but hold on. Just give a second of silence. Here we go. <laughs> That's pretty That was the original St. Elsewhere ambulance. I just saw it. I, oh my God. I saw it out Hill my Street window. Hill Blues I was playing. Oh, I can do that one though too. Oh, you're right. You did Hill Street Blues. I'm sorry. I did. <laughs> Fuck me. Fuck. It's okay. We don't need any of that. That was more for off-air jokes. Yeah. <laughs>